0: Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I hope that that didn't make you deaf because I I realize I'm kind of yelling that in in my recording room. So I apologize. But I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and we are here for a very special episode. Scratch that. A very special month of episodes. For those of you who follow the show on a regular basis, this is the fundraising month. And I will tell you more about that in a few moments. But the guest this week is is Mr. Scott Schreiner. He is the bass player for a little band called Weezer. You may have heard of them. The Blue Album, Pinkerton, Maladroit, everything else that they've ever put out. I mean, a prolific band, and I was so excited. I met Scott through my day job. More on him in, in a moment. Let me do the fundraising business stuff, then we'll dive into some personal stories, and then we'll dive into our interview with Scott. And if you are checking out this show for the very first time, I appreciate it. Thank you dive back into the archives. I've been doing this for, uh, gosh, almost three years. And I've got a lot of interesting conversations archived with uh, people who I define as important in independent music. Everybody who does a podcast does this in a different form. I've been very strategic about it in the sense of, I've kind of, I've surveyed the landscape, so to speak. And I've looked at what other people do And I've kind of been like, you know what? To me, this is the most meaningful way that I can present this to you. The show makes no money. That's a reality. I pay all the costs out of my own pocket, i.e. the hosting, the recording equipment, the small nominal fee that I pay our beautiful producer, Tom Richfield on a monthly basis for his uh, honestly thankless job of making sure that for one, these shows sound good. And for two, the interview flows smoothly because I I try to do my best at it, but Tom basically sands out the rough edges. So, you know, while those things sound, you know, it's like, Oh, whatever dude, that's like, you know, a few hundred bucks a month. And it's like, you know, after a while, it, uh, it becomes like, oh, wow, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm spending money on this when realistically I should be saving some of this. I should be, uh, you know, maybe I could buy my kid an extra toy and give him that level of joy that I should be able to give him. But anyways, this isn't meant to be a guilt trip. This is meant to be a rallying cry because after all, everyone is producing content at this point. And I see you, the listener. There are thousands of you that download this show on a weekly basis. Enough to where I'm like flattered by the amount of attention the show has gotten to the fact that people want to appear on the show. It's a great, perfect storm that we have created here. Now, what I need for you, the listener, is to throw a vote of confidence in this show. I realize begging for money is just, it's uncouth, you know, but I'm going to only do it once, basically twice a year for one month at a time. In April and November, I'm going to bug the hell out of you because, you know, I'm the same way. There's shows that I've listened to for years more specifically, there's a movie review show called The Slash Filmcast. Great show. Love what they've done. Listen to them for probably three years. And only recently did I give 25 bucks to them. And I I am probably exactly the same as you, where I'm most like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll eventually get around to it. But do it right now. There's two ways you can do it. One, visit patreon.com backslash x I will link to it in the show notes and on the website. You could basically become a regular contributing patron, I guess that's what they call it, of the show to where it's like, hey, I will give you $2 a month, which it's $24 a year, which realistically, that's like, what, five cups of coffee at Starbucks? So if you find this show worthwhile, if you like what this thing does, please give me a vote of confidence. Sign up in any increment. I don't care if it's a dollar a month. Basically, that's just a little drop in the bucket to be like, hey, I like what you're doing. I like what you're bringing to the table. So you could do it that way, which I do give rewards out. There are options to hit a certain level and you'd be like, hey, I would love to be a guest on the show. Well, there is a way that you can do that. So visit that website. Like I said, I'll link to it in the show notes. And then secondly, if you just want to give a one-time donation, visit 100wordspodcast.com. And on the right side of the page, there's a donate button. You can do that And like I said, I I don't care what amount you donate because realistically, if a thousand of you gave a dollar, that's a thousand dollars. And that's a lot of money. Like I would be able to probably put out two shows a week based off of that fact. So realistically, I'm just, I'm looking for a little something, even if it's a quarter, I don't give a shit. It's just a vote of confidence. So anyways, enough pleading, but that's what you could do. And I'll be bugging you for the rest of this month. Anyways, Scott Schreiner. I was going to go into some some personal anecdotes, but I will save that until the next show. So Scott Schreiner, he is the bassist for Weezer. And I met him through my day job. I was working with him on some uh, animal adoption stuff. And uh, I just, I was amazed because like walking into his house, I just, I saw he had some vinyl and I was like, oh, that's cool. Anytime a person collects vinyl, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And then I started to look even more in depth with like, oh, the record he's been listening to recently. Oh, wow. Like Boris. Oh, wow. Like this dude's super into stoner slash doom metal. I'm like, this guy's got a a different vibe than what I was, you know, kind of originally anticipating from the bassist of Weezer. So him and I started to really bond. And like, we spent about 45 minutes talking about that specific genre of music, because I personally love that style of stuff. And so we were kind of bouncing bands off one another. And I just, I, I... immediately formed a kinship with him. A few weeks later, I hit him up on email. I was like, Scott, would you be interested in doing this show? He checked out a few episodes and he's like, I'd love to do it. Here's this person who joined Weezer, you know, way after the high level of success that they've had. And uh, he just has such an incredible story. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Scott Schreiner. And I'm so grateful to be bringing this to you. So I will talk to you after the jump. introductory for you as it were right. where it was like obviously we met through my day job at, at PETA and then well, obviously when I came over to your house and saw the fact like oh you, you like records and we yeah. immediately com- connected on the fact it was like you like stuff that was like you know left of center like what normal people don't immediately are like oh yeah I got some records it's like right no like you know son <laughs> everything that we were connecting on where it was like okay like yeah you've done your research quote I've unquote. done my
1: research to a point and then you you know so much more about me like, I have a really, you know, I yeah, know yeah. about a few things. Yeah. But, but there's but it's, also Elton John records in there.
0: Which is totally fine. You obviously, since you have a diverse yeah. collection, that's, you know, it's a more well, well-rounded musician. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I was impressed because it does, it. you don't trip across that. It takes work mm. to get there, you know? Right. Um, so you yourself, have you always kind of been attracted to the more sort of like left of center music and like always kind of like digging further than maybe your, your friends or your peer yeah, I guess so.
1: Like I think things, certain sounds resonate with me and attract me. Okay. And that brought me to what I would refer to as the darker side. Right. So I don't know what it is, if it's a sadness that's being conveyed through certain sounds you know mm. what i mean or guitar playing something i've always related to but i i feel like not to be all like a drag but since i was really little i've yeah. had this heaviness sure and the sadness and heavy music you know or or really you know kind of sad things just really always comforted me and then uh-huh. resonated with me
0: was it uh, the is it the the fact you feel obviously a kinship to the person that's creating music or is it like simply like the tones that sort of like it's it, wash over it's you. the tones, because okay. if I
1: met the people, maybe there would not be a connection. Like, it's easy yeah. to talk to you. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know how easy it would be to talk to some of these other people that are making the sounds, but I think that what we do have in common is that that tonality. I mean, how many people can sit there and listen to a half hour of cymbal drone? R- yeah. Like the, that Boris Very. record that we were talking about. Totally. Where it really is just cymbal drone, mm-hmm. but I, we, I can get into it, or of I can course. get into like with the sun stuff, just having guitar just feeding back and just groaning for like, right. you know, 10 minutes. Totally. The most subtle changes right. are
0: happening, like very slight. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I I
1: can get lost in that.
0: Right. And it's it. many people would look at that music and define it as an endurance test. We're like, right. hey, how, how long can I last? Like right. three minutes? Like my wife.
1: And she just goes to sleep. So if we're on a road trip and I want to listen to – yeah. metal or heavy drone music she's just out
0: right she's like yeah i got about 30 seconds of this yeah.
1: it's the opposite or <laughs> so maybe it started with i don't know maybe like maybe the melvins for me okay was kind of my introduction to it like old, older melvins sure like i knew about them way before i knew about sun so i came to right. the game kind of late but like listen to melvins and then they would get off on some heavy kind of trips totally each
0: melvin's record you have no idea what you're gonna get exactly you you're like oh this could be the pop your side and then oh this could be the quote unquote really experimental side where yeah. it's like i wasn't expecting that
1: right and then from melvin's i found out about boris okay because they i mean like i said i'm i'm a late bloomer no in but
0: well but the fact that it doesn't matter like when you get in this stuff it's like all of a sudden you feel like a door opens up where it's like oh like this is what i was looking like yeah. this is what i was looking for yeah um, backing up even further, like you were, uh, you know, you're alluding to where, cause you were born and raised in Toledo. Toledo, Ohio. yes. Good memory. Yeah. Right. <laughs> great, great research on my part. Um, <laughs> Toledo. I mean, I've, I've gone through there on tour. I, I don't think I've actually played Toledo, but there was a, there's a, a larger independent music distribution company called Lumberjack Distribution. Mm. Um, cause I used to work at record stores. So I, I that was my only like frame of reference, but, Going through Toledo, I mean, it seems pretty, not only very quintessential Midwest, like right. very boring. Right. Is that your experience?
1: I don't know. I mean, I've been to more boring places, maybe <laughs> like in the plains more, sure. like with just like acres and acres of wheat, like in like Toledo's, I figure I, I think of as an industrial town. Right. So it's all about Jeeps and, and transmissions and glass and scale and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: building. You right. know? So there's a kind of a darkness to it and sure. kind of a heavy vibe. The winters are really... brutal Brutal. yeah the spring and summer is like amazing you know and then you just go straight to hell but it's like it's you know i grew up in a really blue collar working kind of
0: what did your did your was your dad working in like factories or what was he doing
1: and my dad's a saxophone player so and he tried his hand at real estate okay and uh he's a musician okay right we 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 have common (laughs) ground in a few areas like he's one that turned me on to Maybe like uh weather report and okay. Miles Davis and, and sure. some and some fusion. Mm-hmm. So that kind of which was, was my introduction to Prague. So anyways. Right. But I that's that's where we, we were. But he he he's a blues guy. Okay. Blues and jazz guy. And so he
0: was basically kinda gigging at night and then sort of hustling during the day to like he make him gigging me. at night and
1: sleeping during the day okay. and smoking in the afternoon and then uh playing cool music. But I grew up, you know, with vinyl. I think we had a real real tape. Player too, but grew wow. up on vinyl and old tube amps and and, okay. and cool stuff.
0: And what was your uh, was your mom just basically kind of a housewife, like taking care of, of- she, my
1: mom was, and then she went to work. So okay. she was a housewife as long as she could be the one. When my sister were kind of functional, then she started working. So okay, kind my of. mom was like listening to you know Jesus Christ Superstar and and Neil Diamond, and I. Turns out I love that album, the Jesus right. Christ Superstar record, the the English Broadway sure. version, or whatever. Right, with right, Ian right. Gillan singing. Of right. course,
0: uh, was your sister older or younger? Younger. Okay. Um, Did you have any sort of, uh, you know, like I I guess how would you describe your your family situation? Like, you know, was was it uh, is it idyllic or Mm. were you kind of like a restless kid? Like, what did you find yourself being? So super sensitive kid. Okay.
1: In a pretty tough, not very sensitive neighborhood. Okay. Artistic kid, not super artistic neighborhood, but it was there. It was just it wasn't in my little pocket. Right. Uh, And my father was gone, and I really had this longing. Uh Or my dad, like, oh, dad, you know, and gone as in he passed away or no, 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 no. no. He just left when I was, when I was like 11 or something. Oh, that's rough. Even when, even when he was there, he was not there. He was super checked out. Sure. You know, drinking and, and just not present.
0: So yeah. Not interested in being
1: a father. Yeah. Not interested in me. You know, I was a cool enough kid, I guess. He just wasn't interested. And I don't fault him. I blamed him a lot and I drank a lot behind that. Sure. It just wasn't, he just wasn't interested.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think it's something that's so, I mean, you obviously being a father can understand. Like the moment that you look at your parents and you realize that they're not only flawed individuals, but they have really no idea what to do, like with you as a child, like they're just doing their best. The moment you have that realization, you can. I wouldn't say cut slack, but you can maybe like identify with the concept right. of like, Oh yeah, well maybe they had me and they had no, like he, that's he wasn't what he quote unquote signed up for. Or yeah. whatever.
1: He was 20. You know, when I was looking for him, he's like 27, a 27 year old jazz musician. Like what, you know what right. I mean? How's right. he going to relate to a 11, 10, 11 year, old, right. year old kid? Like it's fine. Like I dig my kid. Yes. We have a thing. Right. Right. I didn't have a thing with my dad till I was older. So, right. But I think it was part of the fuel that, and the angst that got me, searching Uh and the the sadness I felt that got me looking for different things and ultimately led me here to California. So it was an important part of my upbringing. And yes, once you figure out like, Oh, well how was my dad raised? Like he was completely ignored by his older brother and father Uh from what I understand. Right. Right. And then his mother passed away when he was a teenager and it's, you know,
0: yeah, it gave it it, it it gives you perspective. Totally. Totally. And it gives you that, that sense of like you were talking about, like the longing that I'm sure he felt that obviously is passed on to you unintentionally right. or intentionally or unintentionally. You never yeah, know, but it just happens
1: or I was, it's just part of my little soul that I was born with. Right. That once again brought me to where we are right now.
0: Right. The, uh, the sensitivity that you described, was it one of those things where you were, you know, like you were sensitive, like you would watch a movie and you would be, you know, completely emotional or is the sensitivity like in regards to, uh, you know, other aspects, you know, and I, I think I, I'm
1: a little bit of an introvert and I think that I'm a, what they maybe call an em- empath a little bit oh, where yeah, like yeah. I pick up on other people's, Vibes, Vibes yeah. and, it, and it affects me. Okay. You know what I mean? So if I'm around a bunch of anxious, angry kids, it'll start to, to right. get me. You know what I mean? And But it was more like if the teacher singled me out and said like, why are you knucklehead? Like what's the matter with you? Like I would, my eyes would start like tearing up. So I was like a little crying, like a sure. little sensitive kid.
0: Right. Right. You were,
1: <laughs> oh, it sucked. It so no, nowhere to, nowhere to go with that.
0: I think your experience is definitely, I mean, it's interesting because obviously it, it sounds very much like a, I'm speaking just from like, I'm, I'm an only child. Right. And like, I'm very much the same way where it's like, you know, you can walk into a room and you can be like, Oh, that, like, I feel that person, yeah, that person's got some weird stuff going on. Right. And then you immediately, uh, yeah, you're just affected by everybody else around you. Yeah. And so like, you feel like you've got no control over any situation. It's nuts.
1: Right. And then being like, like, a, with a, like having a sensory thing to where I hear too much. Okay. Right. So right. I, it's hard for me to, to, to. Filter out different noises. Like if I'm in a loud place, there's 15 different conversations, and somebody's in my face talking to me. That maybe it's like a little their vibes, like a little much. Right. Like it takes a lot of energy to process that.
0: Right. After five of those five minutes, you're like, I need to. Go I got to go.
1: Right. Yeah, I got to go recharge somewhere. Right. But if I, maybe I found somebody like you, and I had actually had could talk to them, right. That I would just like. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, okay.
0: You'd be like, we
1: got this for another four hours. We're good. Yeah. I can hang with this.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, and so were you attracted to, I mean, like you said, you were, you were, you were drinking and kind of, you know, using drugs and that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff when you were younger. And was it primarily out of reaction? Like you were saying to the, the longing that you felt for, it's just like, Oh, my dad's not there. So like, God, I'm sort of angsty. Yeah. I needed
1: something to change how I felt. Okay. Like the, the pot like helped me just like get into music and shut other stuff off. Sure. So that was like a focuser mm-hmm. and a bit of a relaxer. right? You know, and the alcohol was just like, take me out sure. of where I, mean, I am. It's like right. anything to make me feel different, like okay. drinking mouthwash, like anything.
0: Right. Anything you get your hands on. Like, anything I, yeah,
1: literally I could get my hands on.
0: Right, right. Well, there's definitely that... That element that gets connected with the sort of, you know, uh, whatever suburban boredom where it's just like kids, you know, are looking for something to do. Right. So it's like, oh, I like, it seems like everybody else is getting into, you know, whatever drugs or alcohol, yeah. like, oh, I, I guess I'll try this out. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I could tell, but I, I drank and did drugs different than
1: even my friends. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They would just be like, man, just chill. Oh, oh, really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just in, it, like, once they start drinking, it gets... It gets intense,
0: right? You were, you were diving pretty, you were diving much deeper than they were. My friends
1: are passed out in different places in the park and I'm like going from guy to guy, like, come
0: on. Like, you know, we're ready. Yeah. We got to rally. Like, let's go, like,
1: just throw (laughs) up and move on. Like let's, let's get this going.
0: Their limits were far uh, lower than yours. You had a higher tolerance for it, but that would bring you to much uh, darker places. (laughs) Right. Because you were the, you were the last man standing. Pretty much. (laughs) Right. Um, So I presume because of the, the sort of sensitivity and stuff like that, that like sports were never an interest or like you didn't, you didn't find yourself gravitating. I would have loved to, like I, I, Uh
1: I really wanted to participate and be a, be a part of it. Yeah. Horribly uncoordinated and immature for my age physically. Okay. So I couldn't even catch a baseball or swing a bat till I was like 13. Okay. Like I couldn't, I was, I couldn't run in a straight line. Like I was really,
0: really at a disadvantage. Sure. Sure. And so you, you, I presume you would self-identify as like sort of your, your typical stoner kid, as you would say. I turned
1: into a stoner kid. I got okay. into music and I had a, I had an ear for music and this I turned the sensitivity into usefulness on my instrument, you sure. know what I mean? And, and was able to hear music really well. So all these things that wound up being difficult to deal with, I found a way to harness them and use them, make them useful.
0: To channel it in. Yeah. Um, and what did, do you, uh, do you directly attribute the fact that you obviously got into music like, you know, by the surroundings that you were like, you saw your father performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, was it that desire of like, did, did you pick, was bass your first instrument? <laughs> it's funny. yeah, the bass. The <laughs> bass. Cause I mean, everyone like the, the, the common conception is that like, oh, the ba- bass is the easiest instrument to pick right. up. So you, you start there. That's right. So
1: you combine that with uh, a couple of music people that my mother asked, what should I do with this kid? And he's like, well, if he yeah. plays bass, he'll always have a job really yeah because bass players like are always you always need bass players for some reason because so many people play guitar right so many people play you know even drums or singers but like bass players like if he can be good at bass he'll always have a job interesting so it was that with it only has four strings right right so it was a little bit of an underachieving and god i just want this kid to be able to make enough money here's
0: here's something yeah
1: but like i think you can handle this so but it's funny though because then having all this you know, things that I feel like you can express through uh-huh. bass, but I think I find it like just a little bit limiting. Like sure. I want to stick out a little bit and not always be like in the pocket with the drummer. And like, I like to poke right. out and, and right. you know, so I'm listening to Hendrix, Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm playing bass and like, how can I make this work? So Jocko, the story has really made that work. Mm-hmm. Like he would have these solos and write these super beautiful melodic lines. So he did that on bass. Right. right? So I, I went more in that, like, like Entwistle. twistle jocko stanley sure. clark like you know real you can
0: be an expressive bass player
1: yeah exactly right 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 but i think to just say like just bass like just play find a find a a, a pattern mm-hmm. and lock in and don't f it up like right. and i'll listen to james brown mm-hmm. and i'll dig the bass playing in the grooves you right know what i mean but it's more the guitars and the stuff that's in between the grooves that that of course that turns me on there
0: that, that's the bedrock Everything else can be the sort of flourish.
1: Exactly. Right, right, right. But I would not be good in James Brown band because I I have a hard time playing the same thing for more than a minute. And then on a night-to-night basis, I don't want to play it the same way. Of course. So Um, I would have been fired from James Brown Yeah, you would have
0: been like, you're out of here. I have
1: a pocket and I have feel and I can get behind the beat well. Right. And I'm great. And
0: I like to fuck around too much. Right, right. <laughs> you're like I, I like to do these other things. Yeah, the uh, it's interesting that that your your mom took the perspective of he'll always have a job. Like, because you know, typically it's like no parent kind of gives an instrument to their child and is like, you know, like you can make a living out of this in some right. capacity. But obviously, your mom had context for the fact that you know yeah. your father like was able to do it. Like, yeah,
1: he made all right money. And, yeah, and it was funny too because that was kind of the part of the demise of their marriage was my father's gigging and sure. being out. And that got him into it's all kinds of It's not a normal life. No. Right. So, yeah. you know, and uh, he tried to go straight and do this real estate thing and it, it didn't really pan out. But yeah, it did, my, mom's, did take- my mom, a beautiful person in that she saw something that she was desperate for me to find something that I was interested in. Right. And then she got me a base and got me lessons and drove me across town and sat in her car and, right. you know, she really helped me.
0: Yeah, Get push that. right put give you the push into yeah, something. It's like, oh my god, you want to do something right. good.
1: Like you like please, here, That's let me like help you with every,
0: that. Yeah, every yeah, every parent's dream to identify that to be able to identify it first of all right. and then be able to be able to hopefully encourage it. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, you know, if, if it's so left of center where a parent can't wrap their head around it, they're like, how can I even like, yeah. you know, whatever computers or video, like, I don't know how to identify with you on that. Yeah. Like, but that's cool that she was like, so dedicated it cool. to that. My
1: grandfather on the other hand was just like, you there's no pension for you. There's no career in this. You please find something else to do.
0: So yeah, that's funny. So you, rather than the typical, cause usually like. You know, dudes that want to do the band life and mm-hmm. performance. Usually, it's the parents kind of being like, "Yo, that's not it." But yeah. now it's generational. You're getting it from your grandfather.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's a depression era, you know, right. Firefighter, so he was really serious about a lot of stuff.
0: Right? Yeah. So he's like, "Why? Why would Scott be? You know, you can't make money playing exactly. four strings. Like you'll
1: never make a living playing music. Right? You know? And it's funny because we do have a pension plan in my band, it's, <laughs> right. and I have health
0: insurance, and it's it's really right. You're like everything that. I was told that wouldn't exist, like, well, it kind of exists in Kinda this happened. thing. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the, um, is, there, it, there's an interesting point. I mean, like, I find it so funny because obviously, I mean, Weezer fandom is so, um, it, it's so absurd to me to the point of where uh, the people, they love every detail about every single thing that each member has done. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, just looking up like your Wikipedia page, right? Where it's just like. The amount of detail that's that's peppered throughout, I'm just like that's a that's a lot. Like, yeah,
1: there's a lot of information.
0: <laughs> and it, it's it's interesting because it's like the uh, I just there are very few bands that have that sort of just absolutely dedicated fan base to where uh, it you know it borders on obsession. Where it's right. just like. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, this is something he's going to ask a little bit later, but I won't bring up now where it's like when you first got introduced to the ecosystem that was Weezer, mm. um, I presume it took a lot of adjustment for you to kind of like not only find your place within the band and mm-hmm. like where that would meet, make sense, but then also how the fans would start to interact with you where right. it was just like, oh, I wasn't like, I didn't know I was signing up for all of this. Right. <laughs> did, that, did that take a huge adjustment period or was it pretty... Like you, you, you kind of learned on the go. And it was a lot. And it was when I first got my computer. So it's like
1: people, that was the first time I had seen message boards. Right. You know, and like there was instant messenger was just kind of starting. So uh-huh. it was, it was in Weezer that I, they're like, here, I have this laptop. Right. This is how we're going to communicate with you. And oh yeah, here's the message boards. And this is the pictures we take of the gig. So it was a, a lot of stuff happening, but yeah, there was a lot of real positive support. There was a lot of negative feedback and comments sure you, know, when you read some of those comments and they just like still can remember of course some of the what's what, what, what's one of those that stuck in th- your there's head it's one of my it's like <laughs> oh i know scott schreiner he uh has a big head big muscles big brown teeth and he's a nasty horrible person right and i was just like
0: oh that's oh, so mean right just like fuck. you just you just listed a bunch of things that hurt my feelings yeah it was
1: it was i'll never forget that that right. comment but Really, it was, there was way more support than, than negative criticism. And I mean, you got to say like coming into a band that people hold so dearly Mm -hmm. uh, that at that point I was the third guy. Right. Right. And not what you would really think would a guy that would be in Weezer, right? Right, Like right. my whole look was really different, like long, greasy hair, leather vest, like filthy jeans. <laughs> totally. like you were, really, you were a rocker. I was a rocker. I was a different kind of guy you right. know, than, than maybe that they were used to. So there, right. there was a lot of adjusting.
0: Right, right, right. And the, and and the fact that it's like, you know, you obviously weren't raised in the day and age of, you know, whatever computers, social media where mm-hmm. like that, all, all that stuff didn't, doesn't come naturally. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden to have your life be able to be picked apart by a lot of different people just mm-hmm. like you know wanting to know more more about you i'm sure but at the same time you were just like can we keep some of this stuff a little private yeah. like maybe that yeah, was a trip <laughs> um did an interesting part about your life too is the fact that you you know you joined the marines yeah and the uh was that a reaction based off of like well i don't know what else to do after i graduate high school or was that Was there any other, uh, layers of, of decision-making in that?
1: I had this, and it's another thing. Like, so music, monster movies, and, and soldiers and war. Okay. But those are some weird things for a kid to be into. Right. So I don't know what was up with my war fascination. Mm -hmm. Right. It was like, you know, one of those things you're in public school, you see a bunch of World War II books and you just like, look at pictures. Right. I'm just like, what is that? Just captivated me. Sure. Right. So like, it's, it's a really strange thing. So. But I mean, it later if I look at it all it makes sense because this obsession with soldiering and and music and horror, mm-hmm. right? Right. So then I was like smoking weed and playing music and reading comic books, Marine Corps, and feeling you know small and and physically incapable of taking care of myself. Okay. Right. And then this recruiter gets a hold of me. He's like, "Kid, we make a man out of you. We'll teach you how to be a trained killer, and you get to go to California." You know, and I right. was like, "That's it. I need to get out of Toledo." Okay. I was always. And I was really always wanted to move to California. Like ever since I was really little. Sure. I had this Southern California thing going on and it was like all these things. It's like, Hey, just sign here four years, guaranteed infantry. Uh You'll see exotic places, you know? Sure. And it's, and, and it's, and it was a whole, it was a massive brainwashing, which I think is what is necessary for somebody to get off a truck and run into like a battlefield of course, right. With people like ready to, you know, like who else in the right mind would do that? No. Yeah. No. So one. the Marine Corps completely had to, to, to scrub my right. brain and instill some kind of like insane, like a, uh, uh bulletproofness, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, like thinking like you're in you're invulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and- well, it, cause
0: it, it's so interesting because it's like, you know, I, I see the way that, uh, you know the marines and obviously like you know army and who whatever when their 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 recruiting methods are, are so interesting because mm. it's like they do there's there's elements of you know it's it's predatory in some natures where it's like mm. they just look at a kid and they're just like oh like you're like yeah. I, I don't think i if i was in the shoes of you know the marines i would look at a stoner kid like yourself and be like he's perfect like, right which is I, funny i know and it's it's just funny that 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 they looked at you and were just like this is it like and they were able to like tick off all of the things that would, you know, tickle your brain to be like, yeah, I'm going to sign up and do this.
1: Yeah. I was excited. Yeah. You know, so ultimately what it did was it got me off of weed. Right. Right. Which really cleared my head up to what was really going on. Right. Right. And then by being in boot camp and not having music, right. There's no music. Like I overheard a radio in another room. Right? but You have as, nothing. Right. So, you know, to be playing bass every day and immerse in, in my records to go to nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just like, it, then it was like, I want to be a musician. Right. Like, I don't even want to be a soldier anymore. Like, yeah. thank you very much. I feel great. You know, this was really good. It shook it up. Right. But by, I needed to have, it was like a, almost like a rite of passage, but I needed to have everything taken away so I could focus on what I really wanted to do.
0: Right. Right. It, it cleansed the palate for yeah. you to be able to understand. It did. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a terrible soldier.
1: Right, right. You know what I mean? I was really yeah, I terrible. Wouldn't, I wouldn't no, look at I was you, really right. terrible. Like I, I have an overactive uh, like adrenaline system. Okay. Like in like high pressure situations to the point where I'll like, like I passed out like during an inspection. Like I was so like nervous. Right. Right. And yeah. and there was, uh, it's a long story, but I, I just, there's a few things about me that would make me a terrible soldier and a terrible police officer. <laughs> right.
0: Because yeah, you're just not the 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 hardwiring inside of you. Hardwiring's not there. It's not there. No, nope. that's interesting. And how old were you when you joined the Marines? Uh, Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so like right out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like, did you? Uh, so like you said, like basically once the Marines came to a close, you were just your sole focus was to become a, a paid musician. In it some it really was. Okay. Yeah.
1: To be to be a to be a professional musician and move to L. A. And and to find like, my did destiny. You,
0: and was it um, was it one of those things where because um, it, it is interesting, the idea of like wanting to like join a band or start a band like, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, um, you know, because I mean the world that I come from, as far as like, you know, like punk and hardcore right. and all that sort of stuff is very, you know, DIY, like right. very low ambition. Um, you know, let's just start it when we're 15 years old, that sort of stuff. But you know, from the generation that you you came from, especially from being from Toledo, yeah. like the idea was that you show up in LA and you'll join. Sorry, and you'll join these pre-existing things. Right? Or did you? Or was the idea that you wanted to start something? No, or you just? It's a to- really
1: great question. So okay. I grew up playing other people's music. Okay. All right. So even lessons, like we learn standards, and then when you're playing in clubs, people pay money because they want to hear.
0: songs songs they know
1: sure so i started learning like hundreds of songs okay right and and really like tried writing a little bit but it was it was it was nothing really came of it sure my teacher was almost like oh that's cute like you wrote a song okay so (laughs) anyway so let's get back to
0: (laughs) let's get back to the let's get back to
1: to learning these other songs okay you know and he was like he was discouraging but he was just kind of like all right kid whatever yeah let's hear your song you wrote right so i was just like okay and and it's very much like i don't know if it's an underachiever thing or what it is but it's just like your best chance is to emulate some great person. Yeah. And that's your best chance. Okay. So good luck. So when I, 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 I felt like I had done what I needed to do in Toledo, and it played with as good a band as I could play with there. Right. I need to go to LA, and you were, doing,
0: you were doing covers in Toledo. Doing like covers
1: was, in Toledo, but we did have an original band. Like the year before I left, we started a band, The Great Barbecue Gods.
0: Okay. So that was
1: with uh, that was you know, it was, yeah. it was a funny, sure, it was a funny band, but we were writing, so that was the first band I really wrote with.
0: Yeah, the cre- that you felt that there was a creative process. It was cool, behind where we'd it. stand
1: there and hash it out in a basement, and then go and play gigs, play covers and some originals. And okay. so that scene just kind of started to really happen when I left Toledo in like 89.
0: Okay. And what, what sort of music were you guys trying to emulate was that funny, you were on man, I was super messed up on the funk metal. Okay. So, and, and well, our, that's what, and we, we, I mean, that's what was happening at the time.
1: It, it kind of was. And our singer was, was way more punk okay. than that and way more hardcore and our guitar player was super into Bad Brains, So it was like somewhere in between <laughs> Bad Brains and 24-7 Spies. So <laughs> It was oh, what
0: a weird combo. It was, it
1: was a mix. It was a, a kind of a mix-up. Sure, sure, okay, you know? got and it. And then I saw Fishbone and Chili Peppers in Ann Arbor, and in '89. So that's like they were touring their third record. I don't know how many records Fishbone was on, but right, I, I was just like, I have to leave Toledo immediately and go to LA. Right. If these two bands are from there, like that's that's fun. what's happening. They're killing it. Right. They're saying whatever they want. Like mm-hmm. that. This is that. That was like. That was a big thing.
0: Totally. I mean, it's so, it's so funny because I think most people, you know, whatever can look at the red hot chili peppers and like malign them because it's like, Oh, like a band that they are now is obviously not what they were, you know, not what they years were ago. In, in
1: 90 or 89 or 88 or whatever.
0: But it's like, you know, the, the, the direct correlation that one could make where it's like, yeah, like they were obviously like doing weird punk like stuff yeah. during that time. Like yeah. even when, you know, even on their massive record, you know, the, the blood sugar, sex magic, mm-hmm. like that was still. Weird, yeah. like at the time, that's true. And it, but most people just look at it now, are just like, Oh, those, those yeah. cheesy dudes that played yeah. the Super Bowl or whatever, like, yeah, but they don't know where, no, where it's context, it came from. yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing with,
1: I thought Fishbone was really nuts and punk and Absolutely. sky and, and really good musicians, totally, and
0: really good songs. And uh, I think, and I think that's what differentiates bands of that nature because they actually took their instruments very seriously. Mm -hmm. And they took the musicianship seriously Mm -hmm. rather than like, obviously a lot of the, you know, a a punk bands, like the whole concept is like, let's write the simplest stuff. Possible. Yeah. And record it as,
1: as poorly as, poorly as, as it's almost like the black metal thing. Like just record, like Total. what's the most lo-fi way right. with the worst guitar sound that right. we could come up with.
0: Totally. I'll set, I'll set a microphone up yeah. in a corner. So I didn't appreciate that
1: till later in my life. Cause I right. was trying to be a muso musician guy. And, sure. and really, you were of, obsessed with the,
0: like the musicianship and like, obviously the sounds that you could exactly. create. So, but fear.
1: So when I heard fear, I was like, oh okay so those guys can play
0: yeah and i i can
1: get down with that so that was kind of like my introduction to, to punk rock
0: right yeah you, you started to be able to understand more where where that was coming yeah from. dead
1: kennedys and fear were like you know players i felt like in the band and, yeah. and that stuff made sense to me
0: right right when you first came to la was it uh overwhelmingly terrifying or was it like kind of wide eyed and bushy-tailed <sighs> it, it was it was like oh i'm i'm here okay <laughs> I'm home. Mm -hmm. This is
1: where the fucking freaks are. Right. Great. Like I was walking around going like, all right, nobody's looking at me weird. Yeah. I just, nobody's looking at me. Like I'm just, this is perfect. Right. The girls are way. Yeah. More attractive. Of course. Yeah. And the people are so smart. And I went to music school at MI and I found all these weirdos, you know what I mean? And then we just like started like, you know, packing together. Right. Right. And making little bands and stuff. Sure. Sure. You know, I was terrified. Uh-huh. Like, I was so scared of L.A. from what I saw in the media and, and film. Mm-hmm. I bought a shotgun on the way to L.A. in my Honda Wago van. I, I was, like, leaving out, leaving Ohio. Right. Base rig, coffee machine, clothes, <laughs> stopping by a 12-gauge shotgun in 50 rounds on the way out of Toledo and drove to L.A. <laughs> I love that where it's just like, well, I got to protect myself I got to have a gun. Wow. that's a, it's, it's a fucking war zone.
0: It, right. So, and that—that's totally the perception of Los Angeles at that was, my, that at was time. my idea, yeah. right? Right. And I'm right. going to be in
1: hotel rooms out in the middle of nowhere with you know, right. money and an instrument, and I gotta have a
0: shotgun because of I'm, course someone's going to try so to jack my base, and then what am I to do? It's
1: how—that's how little my knowledge of of the country was, right? I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the what was the first, like what was your first sort of like U.S. tour that you were able to kind of like see more. <laughs> We we
1: talked about Vanilla Ice already, right? We did not. I
0: was going to bring that up. So that was your... So my
1: first tour, that's kind of how I like paid my dues, although it wasn't a bus. Okay. I can't say I lived in a van. Right. So I'm sorry that I don't have that much cred, but (laughs) there were 17 of us on one bus with gear and merch. Wow. And sometimes Vanilla Ice driving the bus himself. Really? Yeah. Because it... era was this of, of so this was uh it was right before so it was like 98 97 98 so ross oh, so robinson had just produced
0: the the sort of new metal this new chord. metal record right, right. okay so
1: and i i was a big ross robinson fan at that time sure and he he contacted a couple of friends of mine and uh they made a record and then my friend said hey do you want to do this vanilla ice tour ross produced this record and, and wrote it with yeah, a yeah. couple guys yeah and I was just like, dude, I can't play vanilla. vanilla ice. just going to fuck up my reputation, man. Really? We're going to find out about it. You know? Right. And he's like, like nobody's going to care. He's like, you, you know, and I was in town working as a PA on television commercials and videos, like breaking my back and making sure. money. Right. Found a way to live in LA. Right. Sure. But it's like, I wanted to play music and I wanted to travel. And my best friends were in the band. So I was like, fine. So we went out with this new metal kind of indie.
0: It was was a relaunch. I I distinctly remember that because it was like, you know, Vanilla Ice is back and he's got an edge and like, yeah, he's capturing, um, you know, because at the time New Metal was maligned but not as maligned as it was like, you know, the early 2000s. So it was like, but that's just so funny that your first touring experience is like being thrown into a situation that um, a lot of people would, uh, you know, probably not take, obviously, if they didn't have friends like you did in there right. where you're just like, well, I guess we'll try this out. Yeah. Was it, was it rough from the, just like the crowd wanting certain things? Like, was it, or no, was it, man, oh it was great. They,
1: people like that guy. That's awesome. When you're out in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest or, I mean, we'd play at CBGB's in New York. Like we played really, well, Yeah. <laughs> We play, that's how I played CBGBs was with fucking Vanilla Ice. And it was totally sold out And people down the street. like, That's amazing. So people want to see him. Yeah. He's charismatic. Totally. You Absolutely. Know? He's He's got a thing. He does. You know, And that is like unbelievable, like out of control. But sure. it's that thing that I've kind of learned about lead singers like It's part of what makes other people want to attracted to it to see them. Like I don't have that. Right. Like I don't have that shamelessness. Like that that fucking ego. Just be like, yeah. Of course, you're all here to see me. Like, of course. Let's feed feed it. Feed it now. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a certain thing. It's like the lead singer, Mm -hmm. true rock star gene that I just didn't get. Right. Right. It's weird. So whatever. I'm not judging. I'm just saying he. No, uh, you
0: you were able to observe it because that's something uh, that was inherently. A part of what he was doing right there's no way you could disconnect that ego from juvenile eyes. you, you have to have that to get up and
1: say the lyrics that he was saying <laughs> yeah and to do these songs sure right like he he you know and and we really you know we got along fine it right. was a i had a really fun time touring around the country so before that i'd played with electric love the hogs and done shows yeah you know in, in san diego like weekend gigs and that's when whatever. i saw like corn Sure. For the first time, they before their record and Deftones and started seeing like this other aggressive thing going music. On. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It went Electric Love Hogs, Dark Ears, Vanilla Ice. Right. Come home, like all right. I'm going to start a band. So that that's what happened after, after Vanilla Ice.
0: Okay. And then what what was the band that you personally started? It was called. Well,
1: I I didn't start it. So okay. But but I found
0: a couple people. They, you're right. They they had started a band.
1: Okay. But it was a band and it was a tribe. And it's like okay. if you're going to be with us, you're with us. You're going to. Fucking grow your hair and we're gonna we show want you this aesthetic, sure. This is the deal. And I was right. like, Oh, long hair, greasers, bikers, like rock. Like I I, I can yeah. get with that. Right. So I've been new metal. I have a funny haircut and shorts. I haven't worn long pants in a long time. But I came from, you know, Stoner Zeppelin rocker right. Sabbath land. So
0: there's a Sabbath connection. I will grow my hair right. for this band. Sure, sure. That's it's really interesting that to me you seem like a person who can generally kind of vibe with most people like mm-hmm. not, and not in a, um, not in a way where, where it's like inauthentic, you know, cause mm-hmm. there are obviously people you meet who are like schmoozy, you mm-hmm. know, and you're like, Oh God, but like,
1: right. I'm not schmoozy. Right.
0: Right. But you've been able to like morph into these different band situations. Like it sounds like relatively easy. Yeah. I guess it's like you find what you can relate
1: to and concentrate on that rather than the differences, I guess. Maybe. Sure. Sure. Maybe it's that kind of thing. Like even with Weezer. So when I came sure. to, consider- with Rivers, he was looking for a darker kind of sound. Right, know? he was in a darker period, I and mean, he had a big beard. And, right, and you know, when the, the the person that was trying to help him find a bass player, they were bringing the old idea of what, of course, nineteen eighty four Weezer, Weezer right. sure. Like right. who? Like oh, you're looking for a bass player? How about these guys? And he was like, no, I need super I need clean cut right. somebody, like fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, who's the heaviest bass player you know? You right, know? and then my my friend who found me, Barry, was like, well, there's Scott and but he's got a gold tooth and he's covered in tattoos and he's right. filthy and he's got long hair and rivers. Is like ah, 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 that's my guy. Okay. Me him. That's amazing. So I walked in looking like a, I, I'm not a biker. Right. right? Just make that clear. Right. right. Like I am not, I can't even, I cannot ride a bike. <laughs> right. All. Right. But I came in looking like a full on, like, like biker roadie type character, you know what I mean? Sure. And they were just like stinking, like not showering. Like I was really living the right. dirtbag rocker. Look, right. Totally. Filthy, dirty, like, weeks since i even water touched my head right like really like ring around your head dirty kind sure, of guy sure. that was my vibe and i just came in there like hey when scott get here you're setting up his stuff i was like no i'm him and i set up my stuff and but there was a connection man what whatever rivers was thinking of like happened uh-huh right the, the whatever he felt yeah he, he f- felt the thing
0: right and he, he felt like what you were putting out there was exactly what he was looking for. Right. And we, we have the connection. We have right. a lot in
1: common musically. We're a lot of the, we're a lot of the same shows, a lot of the Pixies. Totally. You know what I mean? And, 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 uh, LA, different weird funk metal chains, like oh, there's all those connections that, that we had. Totally. We looked really different yeah. musically. Like we, really, you were on the same page. We right. really connected for, for that point for that record, Maladroit. Yeah,
0: sure. The, um, uh, like you mentioned the, uh, the, the, the dark years where obviously you were, you were just paying and kind of, you know, doing what you could right. on the grind. Um, did you ever have that kind of thought in your head where it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to drop this dream of playing in bands? Yeah. I
1: mean, I had, didn't own a bass. Like okay. I, I, had, I, to pawn I had to sell and pawn every bit of equipment oh. I had and do full time, like, you know, PA work Right. and didn't own a bass and, and, uh, phew, man, and it, that was it was hard, man. You sure, know, it was hard not to have an instrument. So, you know, people lent me instruments, and I would just I made a post about this bass, Tony Kinman uh, from Blackbird and Rankin File. Okay, he he, I met him on a job. Okay, and I was like, man, I just really want a P bass, and I don't. He's like, well, dude, I got a P bass under my bed. I'm into this cowpunk thing. I'm not playing I do want to borrow this old P bass? It's old. It's right. old bass. And he lent me his bass, like so nice. You know what I mean? Sure. But, it was it was tough, man. Like I think even when I joined Weezer, like I owned one and a half bases, I think.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, you were it was you were still on the transition. You weren't expecting anything from this 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 and, yeah, quote unquote I, audition. So it wasn't it, like oh it my god. It's just like
1: okay, so I'm if I can come home and, and have a bass to play and play along with some of my favorite songs, that's enough for me to live. Right. I'll work, make money, get myself out of debt, and I'm just gonna come home and I'll I'll play and and I just had this idea, it's like all right, I'm gonna call you know my band wasn't really working out right. that, that i told you about and sure so i called everybody i knew and said i'm looking for a gig okay. like who has a gig and right. then, so i started showing up at all kinds of weird gigs blues jams like whatever right right so it was just like i'll say yes to anybody like the universe like will feel uh uh-huh. my positive you, what you're putting and out what there I'm putting out there right but i couldn't do that just being angry like in my apartment like my band's Brooding. not going yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah, like yeah. i'm not you know i'm too cool for this and that just like
0: wants to play? Right. I'm open to the idea of doing anything that revolves around music. So
1: I really think that that vibe, like putting that out for a, for, it was, took a few months. Sure. I played in a cover band on Monday. I do a session with some guy who couldn't stand on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I would do a hippie jam on Saturday. I was just like, Oh, it was like terrible,
0: but it wasn't. But I, I think that's, I think that's such an important point because I think it's like the, the, the drive that you had and what a lot of people, I don't think take into consideration obviously like in not only playing music but like dedicating a life to creative arts is that there are some times where you're just going to have to you just put your head down and do the work and like you said it's when you turn that corner of being open to being like well whatever man like hopefully something will good will come along yeah and then obviously it eventually did and it's like sometimes it takes six months sometimes it takes like 10 years like you never you never know like when that actual thing is going to happen yeah um yeah you don't ever know Right,
1: because one day there was a message on my answer machine. It was Rivers. Right, and even then he was like, "You're not going to be in this band, Right. and you're never going to be a member of this band." I'll <laughs> tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but we, you show up tomorrow and and rehearse with us for three hours for a hundred bucks? Right, I'd just be like, "Yes,
0: yes, of I'm course, here.
1: right." And so happy, like, "Oh my god, I love you guys!" Like, you know, right. And it was it was it's a it was a wild story.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, something I've also, I've, I've really liked about, you know, kind of the way that you not only carry yourself, but just like, you're, you're so open to so many elements of your life in regards mm-hmm. to like, obviously like, you, like you've referred to your family as obviously like, you know, everybody's adopted, but beyond yourself mm-hmm. and like. It's, it's comprised of this, like, you know, this th- a family of mutts, as you've said before. Mm-hmm. You've seemed to, to always be like an introspective guy and in just the way that you present yourself to the world. Was that, um, was that kind of a learned trait or was that always something mm. that you sort of like connected with where you're like, rather than the idea of just kind of like floating through, you know? I
1: guess the way I found that I can connect to people is just by being like brutally honest and open. Sure. You know what I mean? And like to tell you that I'm a big sissy. Right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. if, and if, and like, you know, when I cut my, I severed a couple of tendons in my finger, I just about passed out. Right. Right. You know I mean, like, I just like, so I'll just be like, yeah, I'm a big sissy. I cut my finger and I, I'm like, you know.
0: Yeah. This was terrible. Why does it
1: ghost? And I passed. It's just like, so me, like I've found brutal honesty has really helped me like fit into the world somehow. Like, right. I cannot pretend to be anything that I'm not. And I spent a long time trying to do that. And then I finally, once I figured it out and it's like, oh, if I just you know, pull the covers on myself Then people laugh and we have a good time and I feel <laughs> I feel okay in the world.
0: Right, right, right. Does that answer your question? No, it absolutely does. Because okay. I, I think that there's, um, I mean, especially at this day and age where it's like the currency that I think only, no matter what you're doing in a creative space, like mm. if you're not honest with like what it is that you're presenting, I think a lot of people see through that now. Right. It's like a lot of people are endeared to not only finding out about what, a, what makes a person tick, but ultimately what they're willing to share of their story that will hopefully help other people cope with whatever it is that they're going through, right, which is huge,
1: right? And that's kind of like our family and me and my wife are both like, okay, so if I do this, it could have some serious mm-hmm. you know, consequences, right? But our our question is always like, what well, right. could it help other people? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how could this mm-hmm. help? How could this help people? Right? So even at our own expense, sometimes and mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen. Like, we know, we lost half our family because of my, my wife's book when she, when she wrote it, you know, and it's just like, but so many people have written her said, oh my God, thank you for writing this book and your story. And like, so yeah, it's, it's a big theme of ours. Like if, like, no, you know, like no matter what we've gone through, like how could it Mm -hmm. benefit somebody else? So as a kid in Ohio that felt like so alone, found music to make him feel like oh there are some other people in the world like me because they must be something right. like me if they're making that Yeah noise. that that connective you know tissue I
0: mean? has to exist because otherwise it's like yeah you just feel like you're adrift especially especially at that age like yeah. it's you know between 11 and wow. like 17 18 like you are the most raw open person that has no idea what they're doing yeah. until yeah, 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 like you throw an anchor out there yeah. and it lands on something yeah. and you're like oh yeah like That's it, it, that
1: that's interesting. Like the, the the guy that wrote the screenplay yep. for Taxi Driver, You're if sure, I right? knew my shit better, I would. But if you buy the, the deluxe Taxi Driver DVD, you'll, you'll have a better story of what I'm trying to say. But like that guy that wrote the screenplay got so many letters from men saying like, okay, so you wrote this story about me. I'm not uh-huh. sure how you knew my story. You know what I mean? But this is this is about me. So I just want to talk to you. And guy, you know, it's like that movie like really hit me in, in 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 a way like that sadness and him driving around town right like, that. like rob de niro in that movie and like so i used to drive around la in uh-huh. my car just circles sure like, by myself just driving and driving and driving i wasn't picking people up but, right like, yeah yeah but there was just something like that i was trying to find in, right in, in, in los angeles but it's like It's movies like that that that's just like okay you'll be all right like you're not the only you're not the only one
0: right yeah you're not the only one sort of you know wandering right so
1: how many young men you know between those ages have that those similar kind of feelings
0: yeah no absolutely well i really appreciate you sitting down and wanting to do this This anytime this has been oh anytime so yeah we'll just keep going okay (laughs) (laughs) well thank you scott i appreciate it it's awesome So there was Scott and our conversation that we had at his beautiful house in Los Angeles, California. Like I said, if you are a regular listener or a first-time listener, thank you for checking out the show. Please subscribe to the show because you will get it piped into whatever podcast catcher you may have on your phone or computer. And then that way counts as a download to me. Whether or not you listen to it or not, just subscribe to the show. Super easy. Visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. The producer, as always, is Tom Richfield. And like I said, this month is stacked. The guests are incredible. I have deliberately done this in order to hopefully raise the profile of the show. So anyways, I'm eternally grateful. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Until next week, be safe, everybody.